Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by Randy Reyes from Randy's Transmissions. Wanted to catch up with him. I've seen a bunch of new things with his shop and products that he has. So wanted to chat with him about transmissions, 68 RFEs, 10-speed Allisons, and also jump into some business topics as well. There's a lot of uh, really interesting questions and great conversations that uh, I see out there you know, with you guys that run a, a business, whether it's construction or real estate or tons of different things. And um, you know, Randy's been very successful in what he does. He loves talking about business. So we're going to get some tips from him and some insights into you know building the company that he has. Before we get to it, though, want to remind you guys, if you want 20% off any of the knives that Kershaw has, just go to kershaw.kiausa.com, use code diesel 20 get 20% off site-wide. We know that's been a, a really big hit with you guys out there. Um, it's been really cool to see some of the things that you guys have gotten. So it's uh, it's a promo code that they're doing for our listeners. We encourage you to take advantage of it if you're looking for something for EDC, hunting, fishing, or just you know at work, around the house. they got a ton of different products to meet any budget. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Randy Reyes from Randy's Transmissions and talking about transmissions, business, and what he's been up to. Randy, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. It's been a little bit since we chatted. I think the last time was about, uh, I think it was 150 pounds of boost with Randy Reyes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. thanks for having us, John. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great chat with you. I know there's been a ton of growth. I and mean, I've seen the new building you guys got you know, not too long ago. And I'm seeing posts all the time on Instagram with your guys' transmission. So I wanted to ask you about that. Like, you know, update us from the you know, last couple of years, what you guys have been working on how things have been, uh, you know, going there, new development, new, new things you guys are getting into. Um, so, I mean, since last time, you know, we've talked, we've definitely, we've grown, um, we've restructured the, we've restructured the business and, uh, we've definitely, we've invested in more technology, more inventory, um, and also just ways to make things better. You know, we're lucky enough that we're direct with a lot of manufacturers. So we work hand in hand with them on issues that may arise or problems that we see. And it's great to be on the front line of that, especially with our volume. We tend to catch um, weird little issues first, um, just because we start seeing patterns really quick. So there's been a lot of value in our growth as far as being able to identify problems, repeat problems and work with manufacturers on solutions with for them. I bet that helps a ton with, you know, say just being able to specify things that you may want. You may want to put into a transmission. You may want to do something that's completely different. Those relationships are probably extremely helpful for being able to say, Hey, I want this part or this material, or, or this is what I need for my, my transmissions. Right. That's been huge for us um, to be able to provide that feedback. Um, we do a lot of testing with clutch manufacturers and that sort of thing to, to test, you know, integrity of clutches and that sort of thing. That's been really, that's been really fun. Um, so we've, we've just been, we, we learn, you know, every day. And also the, the, the newer the trucks, the more complicated they get, the, the problems get much more complicated. 
um, than they were 10 years ago. So there's, there's a lot more moving parts now than there used to be. Would you say the newer ones are more complex? I, I think back to 16 RFE, it was like this whole electronically controlled thing that was just really hard, you know, with, at that time to offer something for. Do you see that with like the 10 speeds or are they even more challenging to deal with? Yeah, so everything is a little bit more computer driven these days. Um, what you see is less valves. Uh, the insides are actually a little bit more simplified, but they're doing, they're using the computer to create, you know, like everything now is clutch to clutch. It's so the engine health is so important now, like you can't have in tuning, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother area. Um, but it's definitely challenging because you're, you're working with within the OEM parameters and, and obviously everybody knows the problems that the diesel industry went through with the emissions um, and, and all the tuners disappearing. So we don't have the luxury that we used to have. People aren't investing the millions of dollars into, into R and D on these, on the software like they used to. So they're, so we're really, you know, that part has been hard for us. We don't have, you know, so OEM parameters like, these newer 10 speeds are not, you can't even tune them. Right. So nobody's really invested yet in the tuning side of that. Um, just because of the cost associated with, with that. So our biggest challenge in my opinion would be working with inside of the OEM parameters, these new trucks, they give you a smaller window to work with. So, so say like, uh, for an example, 19 and up Cummins AS69 was a perfect example. And I know a lot of people want to hear about this. 19 and up, something changed in the software. Basically, they narrowed the window even more so. So what happens is when you put more more clutches in or you put the bigger drums in and, the, and, and all that with the aggressive clutches, well, what's happening is it's watching the, the input and output speed sensors. That's what it uses. It watches the, the RPM difference when it's applying and releasing drums. Well, the drums are stopping so fast or starting so fast. Basically you're falling outside of that window of what the computer can compensate for. So um, right now we're dealing with what a stage two thousand horsepower AF 69 perfect in 2013 to 2018. You cannot build that same transmission for 2019 and up, even though they're the same transmission, the computers will not accept the extra clutches inside of there without doing hard shifts they can't figure out clutch timing so they're causing a lot of issues um we had found that out a little while back and so now we're trying to revamp that i don't see without tuning on these tcms which i don't see that happening in the near future on an as69 i don't really ever see a 2019 and up ram holding big power on an as69 simply because of the software so those are the challenges that we're facing so the the idea is okay how far can we go where's the window, right? Where's, where's the break? Where, yeah. where can we push this before we're falling outside of those parameters? So there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, very complicated things are there. They, they fight you these days. I mean, the manufacturers are trying to make it hard to do what we're doing. They're, they're putting up roadblocks in front of us. That's a lot of really good information because, you know, when I think back to 68 RFEs, there was, the PCM or TCM tuning, you know, that you could get for them and other transmissions where you could compensate for it with the hard part upgrades and make something that, that holds power and, you know, diesel enthusiasts, they always want more power and they're getting these newer trucks. And it's like, why can't I, why can't I do it? And I didn't, I didn't make the connection between the software side and the tuning and that 
it just I didn't understand how much that affected the transmission side. So that's really interesting with what you guys are doing there. Yeah, it is a lot. And, and the same thing holds true with 2019 and up. Another thing that we ran into, what was very interesting. And so 2019, a lot of things changed with the Cummins platform. Um, they added a solenoid, which is a flow rated solenoid. And what, what, what was happening is when first we were tuning these, there wasn't a lot of understanding of why we were getting like hard lockup and that sort of thing. Um, when we were changing out valve bodies, well, some trucks would work with a different valve body. Some would not. So what will happen is if you put a different valve body in on the 19 and up, you have to put, you have to program the solenoid. There's a QR code on the side and there's a software you scan it and it gives you the code to put in. So you have to have dealer software and you have to make sure that the numbers are programmed into the computer because every solenoid is flow matched. So if you have a solenoid, in there that's rated it knows it flows this much at as many milliamps or whatever and you don't program that in it's going to cause all sorts of problems i've seen no lockup i've seen extremely hard lockup and then i've seen some trucks work and there's not really a whole rhyme or reason but you have to get that qr code input into the computer and the the thing we're facing is a lot of these guys with tuners the dealers don't even want to touch them they're like nope they're you know it's tuned we're not touching it so there there becomes a real challenge with that so you know, to combat that, we've we said, okay, well, you either have to send us your valve body so we can clean and test the solenoid and and we reuse it, or you have to have the ability to program this 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 I think is 16 digit code into the computer so that everything works the way it's supposed to. So these those are just the challenges they keep they keep adding complexity to the to this whole thing and, and making it harder and harder for the end user to be able to do to do things vastly different than the old four speed 47 48 re days where you know you increase pressure throwing clutches billet shafts and and there you go and i get that question a lot from somebody who owned a truck for a while and you know like a 5.9 or something like that and then they go to a newer one and they're like well can i just do you know a shift kit or can i just do this in it and it's so vastly different with the electronics that it's just not as easy to do as it used to be it's not. And I mean, and the same thing holds true with, with Fords, you know, like six R one forties, even the 10 speeds, you have they're all the solenoids are flow rated. You have to take the, you have to take those and program them or they don't work right. So it's just getting more and more, more and more complex, more and more sensitive for sure. And it's just making it, it's, it's getting harder on everybody. Cause you know, it sucks when you, we ship out like a six R or something. We tell people, you know, you have to take this tag and you have to, you have to input it into the computer. Well, if they don't have the software to do that, they're at the mercy of generally the dealer, unless they know somebody that has the the tuning, you know, the OEM software to be able to do that. So there's a lot of challenges there for sure. Um, and it, it's definitely, it's an educate. Every time we sell a transmission, it's an education to the customer of why things have to happen certain ways. Right. Cause they don't, they don't really understand, you know, why is it so important that I get this done? You know? So, there, it's a lot, it's more time consuming now to sell a transmission before, you know, a 5.9 Cummins with a 48, man, you sell them a trans, slam it in, you know, do burnout, let's go, you know, they yeah. don't care. But the newer trucks are not that way anymore. So, so we're facing a lot of those challenges. That's been our biggest hurdle, I would say, is the loss of a lot of these reputable tuners, you know, and not being able to work hand in hand with them like we used two years ago and being more at the mercy of the OEM parameters that they're tightening up on purpose. Well, we're on the topic of 
you know, Dodge transmissions. One of the one of the models that when I think of Randy's transmissions, I always think of is 68 RFEs. And I saw, I think it was one of your dealers recently posted up a truck and it had your you know your 68 RFE in it. I wanted to ask you because I think he posted on there was a stage two. What are the options that you guys have for somebody with a 68 RFE as far as stages, kind of power levels of hold, when you need to go to, you know, the next stage and what those upgrades include to hold that power? So like, so stages are kind of like, we go back and forth with the whole idea of stages, you know, because a powder a power rating is a, a general idea. It's basically a, it's, it's an estimate of what that transmission would be capable of holding. Right. Now things that come into play are tuning driver, driver's habits, you know, that sort of thing. Cause you know, you could have a guy with, 800 horsepower that would hold on a stage one because he doesn't beat his truck you know then you got guys with stage twos want tune only tune trucks and they go out and beat the snot out of them and they they can break and break anything you know if you try hard enough um so like the biggest difference is like our entry level 68 is great for like a soft tune on a truck um that works really well for that some it's for like hot shot guys that want to just get to point A to point B. It's great for the weekend warriors that have a soft tune that just want to toy, tow their toy hauler to the sand dunes and make it back. Um, and then up from there, the stage two with the biggest differences, then we start adding things like triple lock converter, billet input shafts, um, heavy duty one-way sprags. And, you know, it, and so basically we're taking the hard parts and replacing them with billet parts. Um, that's more for a guy that's, probably has an aftermarket turbo aftermarket fuel um, and wants to maybe run a little bit, have a little fun on the highway, you know, and do some stoplight pulls and that sort of thing or, or whatever. And then it kind of goes up from there. And then the stage three stage four, you know, these are for guys that are running a thousand horsepower through these poor things. And, you know, they don't, depending on how it's used, you run into limitations of the computer, right? Because on a 68, everything's clutch to clutch. You're releasing one clutch to apply another. Well, that power level, the computer can only do things so fast. So that is why the 68 is kind of reaching its limit. It's a lot, it's more software and, and computer driven than it is even the hard parts, which on a 68 are pretty small. Um, but that's, that's where we run into, you know, we can only, you can only transition a clutch to come off and come on so fast before you run out of window to, to do that. So that's, that is why they don't last as long at the big, big power levels as like a 48 RE is, is because of that transition, you know, 48 RE it's, it's clutch to clutch. Like it, it, there's no, nothing linear. It's like it's full pressure. It's on, it's on, it's off. Right. Yeah. So that, that is the one thing for sure that I would say. Have you found with like the tuning part that you mentioned earlier and everything that has gone on in diesel and is still going on that a lot of the calls that you guys get are more towards that, a tune truck that's towing or a hot shotter versus I remember at one time, you know, these six sevens would get a thousand, eleven, twelve hundred horse, and a guy running wanted to run a sixty-eight in it. And I think back then it was more about, well, we gotta get the hard parts for it or design this. So has there been a shift in what people are looking for on a day-to-day basis with a six seven and a sixty-eight RFE? We're seeing more, at least on our end, we're seeing that our number one customer is the guy that has a tune truck that just wants to tow his toy hauler to the sand dunes. And he, he wants a little more than stock yeah. power. Um, but I would say that that's majority of our work is like our number one seller would be the stage two, which is like, it's an all around great transfer uh, towing for, 
you know, performance for being able to rump on it with some added fuel and some added turbo. But a lot of people that buy those have just tuned trucks anyway. So they're, they're over, they're overbuilding it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. Another thing we have to educate people on is there is such thing as overbuilding. Like you don't want to put a stage four in just a truck that's tuned. Right. Like it's, it's not really built for longevity. It's built a whole lot of power. And, and so like, we want to, we try to size the trans with the truck. You know, if we have a truck that's bone stock and no tuning, it's like, no, you don't want to stage two. like, let us sell you, you know, what's proper for that truck. And so once again, it's education to the customer for sure on what's going to set them, give them their needs without breaking the bank too. You know, we don't like wasting people's money either. We want to set them up with what's right. That's a really good point because a lot of times as consumers, we think, well, I need to get whatever it is with all the options. I mean, we order trucks like that, but when it comes to a transmission, that's a really good point that there, there could be diminishing returns based on, you know, what you're, what you're ordering and how you drive the truck. So why spend that extra money when you don't need to, and it's not going to meet your goals. So I think that's, that's really key. And, and a question that, that pops up a lot of times on the podcast, somebody will say, Hey, which transmission, um, you know, should I run in my truck? You guys talk to transmission builders. Do I need this full billet, you know, shaft set up with this race valve body? I just have a tune and an air intake. And, and I think uh, people can, waste a lot of money, maybe not be as happy without that education that you mentioned. Well, they can. And what we're seeing a lot of is, you know, what people are digesting on the forums and they're saying, well, because they, you know, they saw a run of people saying, this is the trans I should run. That's what I need, which isn't necessarily true. You should listen to your trans builder. Like this is what they do for a living. They're going to give you the best recommendation for what your goals are with the truck. That's uh, that's one of the tough things I found about answering questions. I don't build transmissions. I don't, you know, I know a little bit about them, but I am no way qualified to tell somebody what to have. And I'm always like, just call the company, call the person that you want, you know, to buy it from, and ask exactly. them because this is yeah, what they, they do. They know, they know what their product, they know what their product should be going in. You know, yeah. that's what that's what they're there for. And if they don't, then run. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, th this is one of my favorite product names in the diesel industry, but the baby maker valve body that you guys have <laughs> tell, yeah, tell me, was, tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So that was derived from, and I, you know, there is a post I was going to repost it cause you know, a lot of people aren't sure why it's called that anyway, it was generated for, for various reasons, but, uh, it's, uh, the, it, the post ex explains why it's called that. Um, but it was an interesting name and people love it. You know, they get a chuckle, they laugh. And, uh, it was, it was derived from, from a, like, I'll, I'm going to probably repost that so people can see and kind of refresh everybody. And it's, it's a pretty good post. It was one of my better ones. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, the baby maker 1000 for sure. It's, uh, so for a 68 RV before it fails, the biggest thing that they have that the, the the number one issue is everybody, a lot of people know by now the channel plates, the stock ones, they, they warp, they flex, they allow cross leaks, that sort of thing. So like, if you see a lot on the form, so I got a P8071, I think it is the overdrive rationality. Well, that's usually because the warpage is allowing the, what's happening is it's got pressure switches inside the solenoid. And what's happening is the fluid is bleeding over and actually triggering that pressure solenoid, the pressure switch when it's not supposed to be. And that's when you get those codes. So it's a cross leak. Um, so that valve body is, it's fixed because the, we put the billet channel plate on, we put billet accumulators, everything's flat sanded. We put a thicker channel plate on, 
um, that sort of thing. New solenoids, everything's torqued down properly. Um, but that the channel plate's the biggest problem on these things. So when you eliminate that, and it and it makes it worse too. It's, it wasn't as bad when you were running stock line pressure, which is 160 psi. But man, you you put a plate in and you run 225 pounds of line pressure, you've already taken a weak a weak point and made it way way worse. Yeah, you know. So that's where the valve body is the number one upgrade. If you get get the valve body, get the right tuning, so you can get the right pressure to the right areas in the right time. That is a huge. That's a lifesaver for these 68. So we sell a lot of those valve body kits. We usually come sell them with. Uh, deep pan valve body and then our uh, thermal bypass block and that's a great package for but it's not a band-aid it's a preventative so we always have to tell people that like look if you're already like slipping or things like that this isn't a fix for that you know what i mean so that's another education we have to give people like this will not fix your truck it's hurt this is a preventative I was just going to ask you that because that question comes up a lot where somebody notices the fluids dark or it got hot and they say, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's what, that's what I wanted to be able to just direct people to this episode and say, if that's what happened, this is what, you know, Randy's saying, like, there is no way to bandaid that it has to be rebuilt and upgraded. Yeah. Once the clutches blaze, they'll never grab the same ever. Like one slip and they're hurt and, and they'll never hold the same amount of power and 68s the clutches are so thin anyway once they have a little bit of a slip they the clutches will will pop they'll they'll, they'll warp they'll bend and so they'll never you'll never get a right cvi value anyway after that it just screws everything up so one, one little slip it's over that's it man <laughs> i mean there's always those stories of people you know servicing them and getting them by for a little while longer and whatever i i get that there's always those scenarios but um, you know, in the most part, like no valve body isn't going to take care of that. It may band-aid it on some, if there's just a little bit of hurt for a little while, but you can expect that it, you'll be doing it again, the trans, you know, eventually. I saw a post that you guys had of an L5P that was in the shop and, and, uh, some upgrades you did to the 10 speed. I wanted to ask for your opinion on that transmission and what kind of options you guys have for those truck owners. If, you know, they do need something a little bit more capable than the, the stock unit. Right. So that is a interesting transmission. I, I know it's an Allison. There's not really much Allison in there compared. Like if you people that have built six speed and five speed Allison's there, there's nothing even close. It's, it's like a ZF trans is what it is um, with an Allison name. It is, there's a lot of thin parts in it. It's not a durable transmission. There's no way in hell this thing's ever going to hold big power, uh, like unless somebody wants to reinvent the wheel with this thing. Um, but there's there's just too many parts in there that are frail. Um, the other the other thing that really hurts this transmission is they didn't give you any room to add extra clutches. So that is a problem. Now yeah. you Alta or Rebesis, I believe, is working on a kit where in some areas they're going to be able to add a little bit extra clutches. But you give and take when you go with thinner clutches. They distort when they get hot way easier than the thicker clutches. So, like, thin clutches are really – I have mixed feelings about them. Yes, for big power, you have to have them clutch as well. As soon as they get any kind of heat on them, they, they warp, right, and, and they don't take the heat as well. So I have mixed feelings on that. Um, RevMax did come out with a nice E 
clutch hub dampener that does allow you to fit, I believe, one or two more clutches in the E clutch, which is the number one failure in that trans. It's the smallest clutch pack in there, um, or one of the smallest. I think there might be one smaller, but that's the most vulnerable one. That's the one that usually burns up, plugs the filter, and then they smoke the rest. Um, once again, tuning. You can't tune that TCM. So you're at the mercy of what the OEM is capable of compensating for. Um, Ratio Tech makes a nice kit that goes in there that helps get more pressure and fluid going to where it's supposed to be going. Um, so between the, 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 the shift kit and the, and the extra clutches and the E dampener, plus it's still, instead of aluminum, the other failure they're saying is the teeth eating, eat into the aluminum hub and the clutches stick and it burns it up as well. So you replace that with a steel piece and then the converter is a whole nother deal too. Um, Right now, the converter kits for those 10 speeds is a complete start over. You're actually taking a six-speed Allison torque converter core and using that and, and basically almost using nothing out of the 10-speed core other than the hub and a couple little other things. But it's it's pretty much like a six-speed Allison converter after you're done building them into a triple lock. So the converters are a whole different animal. It, it's, just a, it's just a weird trans um, all the way around, but big power. I don't see it. I don't, I don't ever see it. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but now if the diesel industry was still progressing in the way it was, I'm sure there would probably be a lot more coming for it than there is now. But I mean, I just don't see anybody making the investment in, in that, but if somebody can lock into the trans tuning side and get that figured out, that's going to be the best thing we have. Um, as long as it's done right. And I know there's still a few, pretty good confident tuners out there that are doing emissions on tuning and doing TCM tuning. Um, so that, that could be a possibility if they're working on that. Like I said, it, it's just, it's not like it used to be though. It's the industry's changed. Um, it's slowed down in that area. People are less apt to tune their trucks now, especially they're coming from the factory with so much power. Don't really have to tune them anymore. And the emission systems are, they're much better than they used to be. Yeah. Um, they're not as problematic. So it's, you know, it's not like it was back. And when they first came out in 07, man, they were, they were horrible. Like oh, the first thing you wanted was off, like that had to come off because they were, it was a guaranteed failure, you know, yeah. and then yeah, you spend all that money and it would do it again. So the evolution is, is that, you know, a lot of these trucks are fully capable of going several hundred thousand miles without needing anything now, even stock. Um, so, so you have that kind of going against you too, a little bit. That's a really good kind of place to take this podcast next, because I know there's a lot of shop owners and people, um, you know, in the industry that look towards you and, and I'm sure ask you tons of questions about, you know, how, either how did you grow your business or how did you, you know, how do you manage it or what are you investing in? What are some things that other entrepreneurs, business owners ask you as it relates to, you know, the diesel industry, automotive, that you'd like other people to know the answer, the insights that, that you've gathered through, you know, running a, a successful company. So you get asked more about um, that side of things than I do about the transmission side now, <laughs> uh, the, the entrepreneurship side, right? Um, Boy, that is a, there is a lot of moving parts to that. Like, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Building a transmission. To me, it's much more challenging to build and manage a stable business. There are so many moving parts to that. Um, I think that the biggest thing that I get reached out to employees they're getting hard to find. This is kind of a dying industry. These young kids, man, they're not really wanting to get in into this like they used to because it's hard work. Um, so you have to be able to work hard and be smart. Like it's not like it used to be. You need to be computer savvy, you know, technology savvy, and be willing to get down and turn wrenches and be greasy, right? And that's not appealing to a lot of people. Um, that I would say employees are the biggest the biggest issue. The biggest question I get is how do, you know, the number one thing I think I see with business owners is their business is running them, not the other way around, right? The, it's, they say that the tail's wagging the dog versus vice versa. And they don't know, I get asked, you know, how do you make it so your business, you know, you, you run your business, right? Not because when your business runs you, that's when you see these guys pulling these insane hours, you know, causing and really you're not doing yourself any favors. People think that they're making more money by working their guys 14 hours a day, six days a week, seven days a week. That's not true. Um, that is a fact. If you, if you're efficient and, and you do it right, you should be able to do it within regular business hours. Um, of course, there's always going to be times we have to pull a little extra hours that happens, but if that's a, if that's your trend, then you're not doing it right. Um, you got to sit back and reevaluate what you're doing. Um, you, you really got to, you know, the business cannot, if your business is running you, it, it just isn't going to end well. And it causes, man, I get people that reach out all the time and, you know, their, their marriages are, are going, they're in trouble because, you know, they're never home. And when they're home, they're pissed off. Right. And I've been through all that. So I can, I understand, I sympathize with how hard it is to, to juggle both business and, and life, you know, and family life. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest hurdle I see. And people ask me, how do you, how do you get it to where you can comfortably do both? Um, and once again, it comes down to not letting your business run you. Um, the biggest thing that you can, you can do as being a self-employed person is saying no. Um, a lot of these people can't say no. Um, no is not something people like saying, but it, some situations you have to you have to learn to say no. Um, so that's, that's a big one. Would it be saying no to say a project or a customer, you know, or, or something that maybe is outside the scope of what the shop owner may face? Like say they do maintenance all the time. That's their bread and butter. And somebody wow. walks in and says, I want 2,500 horsepower. Can you do this? Could they get lost and into that kind of rut of 14 hour days and all that. That's a great question. Cause a lot of people will look at that money. Right. And they'll say, man, this is a big, this is a big, this is a big job, right? Like yeah. how can I say no to $60,000? Um, the truth is, is the majority of shops are never going to make money off that. 
Now there are some guys that do thrive off of the performance scene for sure, but that's few and far between for most businesses. That's not a good business model. Um, now kudos to the people that have done it because that's, that's, it's hard. Um, but it's not for everybody. If you have a flow going and you're doing, like you said, maintenance and things like that, and you don't realize how much it's costing you to pull your guys off of something they're familiar with, really doing really good. And you turn them away from that and you put them on something that's completely out of their realm or maybe they don't know a ton about. I mean, those big builds and me personally, I hate them. I'm against them. I don't do them anymore. I don't even do conversions. Um, you're married to the truck for eternity and there's always going to be problems no matter how good of a job you do. It's always going to be back. Um, so I personally don't like them. Now, not everyone's going to agree with that. And some people have probably, like I have said, have built business off doing that and done well. Um, but for the most part, that's not a good business model, in my opinion. So the, the one thing it does do is it can showcase your, your, your shop and what it's capable of. It's advertising, um, which is why a lot of people will also do it because it does put your name out there. You know, if people are noticing, if you have your name down the side of a race truck and it does well, people notice. So there's people that have mastered that, um, for sure. And, and I think that's, you know, that's awesome. Um, but you have to be able to have, basically, it's almost like two businesses, even businesses that thrive off that. They also usually have a section that does regular transmissions and regular repair. And then that's in addition to, they have enough crew to be able to run that side of the business. And then they have the crew that can focus on those bigger projects. So that way in the background, you still have, you know, production things being turned out in a timely manner while your other crew builds up you know, a performance, a performance thing or a build, I guess. Um, that's usually how those guys get away with that and, and can do well with it. And they keep getting their name out, which as you know, when you have your name on race trucks and that sort of thing, it draws everybody to you. So you, you know, it does bring in um, customers that are just wanting their trucks repaired and head gaskets done or a basic tow trans, right? It does, it does bring those customers in. So I'm not saying you can't do that as a business model, but for most people that that's not something that uh, they really want to go down in my personal opinion. So, but that's just opinion. Everybody's going to have their, their different opinion, but it's not a one size fits all for everybody. Well, when you were talking about efficiency and the, you know, the business running the owner, not the owner running the business, <clears throat> would you say that creating that efficiency is through, the people that you hire and, and a team where you don't have to micromanage it. And that's a question I've gotten before is I need to get more efficient. The next time you have somebody on in the diesel industry, ask them if I need to micromanage it and be involved in everything, or do I need to find somebody that I trust that I know is going to do a, a great job, hand that off to them so I can focus more on the bigger things of, you know, R and D engineering. Um, what's the next product I'm coming out with versus, you know, looking at a timesheet or ordering supplies or doing some of those other tasks that could be handled in a different way. So is it kind of taking things off your plate, having a management team or support structure in place so that you can more effectively run your business? And that's an absolutely great question. Now, you're only as good as your team. Um, I've put together some, some of the best guys, in my opinion, out there. I couldn't have done this without them. And one, one skill I have is I, I can recognize when somebody has a skill. I know I can put them in the right place and let them flourish. 
if you have if you have to micromanage somebody that is supposed to be managing your shop that is not the right person um to so basically when my business really started growing is when i put management a management team in place a core management team handled all the day-to-day stuff like so i'm to the point where I don't deal with anything day to day really anymore. They keep me in the loop on things that I need to know. I don't deal with retail customers. I don't deal with uh, employees unless they need it, unless they need time with me and, and they need to talk to me. That's fine. Um, I'm always there for my guys, but generally the day to day stuff's off my plate and that's allowed me to grow this company tremendously from the backside. Right. I, I come in with the big ideas. I come in with, you know, the, the visions and the dreams and my management team executes on top of that and, and helps me grow that idea. Um, your management team is everything. See, a lot of people, they don't believe in investing in guys in your front end guys. They think they look at it and they say, well, the, the tech is turning out work. He's making me money. This front end guys, he's just answering the phone. He's not making me any money. I do that myself. If you're growing, that's the wrong attitude <laughs> completely. You have to have a team that you can trust that can manage your business to take the load off you so that you can do the things that you need to do to go big and not be not stressed about the operational side of things. So yes, management team. And I am very, very, very blessed with the guys that are in my life. Um, the company has grown to the size that I have about four core guys that work side by side with me on management of the company employees my visions, my dreams, and they support me and execute everything as I would. And they, they will treat the company the same as I would. They treat the employees the same as I would. Like the management team is everything. Like it's nothing without that. And that that's the biggest thing people need to understand is yes, techs are making you money. They're, they're turning out work. You know, yeah, you can, yeah, you can answer the phones. You don't have to pay someone to do that. Yeah. You can, you can do the books. You don't have to pay someone to do that, but, if you're growing and scaling, you can't do that anymore. You have to you have to put people in place that you trust and you have to let them they're gonna make mistakes, right? We make mistakes, I make mistakes. You have to understand and accept that these guys that you put in place, you give them the best path you know how, but they're gonna screw up. And and you just have to be there to and help them understand like let, how to make it better, to not do that again. You know, let's work together through this. The other problem I see is somebody will make a mistake and, and an owner will get so pissed. You know, it's like, you know, not like you've ever not made a mistake, right? Like it happens. And as you give people more and more, more and more freedom to make their, make big decisions for you, they're going to make them the best they know how in the way that they think you would make them, but they're not going to be perfect. And you have to understand that that's going to happen and be okay with that and continue to nurture and teach and that's really all you can do. It takes years to build up a team like that where you can you can trust them. And, and it's a lot of work. But in the end, so worth it. I think that's probably one of the one of the hardest things that uh, just by nature with an entrepreneur is difficult because when you start a company, it's your vision, your idea. You make the sacrifice. You're leaving, you know, say another business and a, a steady paycheck. And you feel that pressure and then you reach a point where you're, you know, doing okay. And then now you want to take it to the next level. And it is probably really hard to say, I'm going to trust this person who didn't start this, who didn't go through all these things. I'm going to trust them to run my day-to-day operations. And I think 
Yeah. I was going to ask you about that part because I think it's important with the employees you mentioned and finding a team is I'm sure there's a shop owner listening right now that's thinking, how do I find that person that I can trust this way? Where do I look? How do I, you know, get that resume or how do I, you know, come across them? So usually the best, the, the best way to do that is and your entry level guys. So basically say like, you know, you have a guy that's really good with customers. He's, he's just a sales guy. Well, you know, maybe you trust him and maybe he's awesome and maybe, you know, you, he, he would be able to handle that extra responsibility and do more for you. Promoting from within with somebody that's been with you for some time is the absolute best way. Um, bringing just people in that are, you know, swinging for the fences and they're going to do this and that, all that for you usually doesn't really work that well. So that, this is why I say it's time consuming, right? You're, yeah. you're bringing people up, you're building relationships with, with your employees. And then it's up to you to decide who do you think you trust? Who do you think could, could help grow that? Who, who can handle more responsibility, right? Um, promoting from within is the safest way to do that. Now, nothing's guaranteed, but like for me, the hardest thing I ever did was um, not build every transmission that came out of my facility. Well, I spent a lot of time with my builders and I taught them to build exactly the way that I would want to build. But yes, it is scary because they're putting, you're putting your name still, still your name. Right. And, 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 and you're putting your ass on the line for these guys that, you know, you hope they care as much as you do, you know? So then comes this, the culture, what's the culture of the shop, right? Is the, is the owner involved? You know, like I'm very involved. My guys need me. They have, you know, they have a question. I answer it. You know, if anything, I walk back there, I'll spend time with them if they want me to show them something. Um, creating a culture and, and knowing, like, so for, for my shop, we're growing, we're rapidly growing, and people see the opportunity to keep advancing, to keep making more, you know, to get more benefits, more, you know, they believe they believe in the, in the shop. And that's huge. You have to have a culture. Um, that is probably the most important thing you could have is – creating a culture where people believe in what you're doing. And if you can create and maintain that, you, you can do anything. I think it's really important. Why And a reason I really love this part of the podcast is with everything that's going on, the, the push for electric things with tuning things with the aftermarket, the bottom line is there's millions of these trucks on the road and they build everything. There are contractors, they're, you know, working on our roads or doing all these things. And I think the more successful a shop can be in attracting the people that they need, um, them staying in business, them doing those things. It's so, it's so needed to an industry and a community that we love that I always like to ask you guys these questions, you know, ask a business owner, ask somebody successful that a lot of people look up to, to say, you know, here's some things he learned through the process that can save you some time and get you there. So, that support network is there. If my truck breaks down in another state, I know there's a place I can go to. They have, you know, that culture and that efficiency to get me back up on the road. So it's uh, it's always a really fun part of the podcast to uh, to ask you guys that, yeah. those kind of questions. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed being able to build this up, and and I've created so many relationships and friendships along the way. Um, to me, that's probably the most valuable thing in my life is 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 the friendships and the relationship amongst everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for, you know, the guys that I have and for the things we've built and for our, our customers and, and, and we try to treat, and the biggest thing I instill in my guys is 
you got, I tell them, you got to remember some of these people have saved up for four or five years to have one of our transmissions. Like it's not something we can take lightly. You know, if there is yeah. an issue or whatever, that's where we're known for being, we are on top of it. Lickety split. And there's a problem, you know, like the, the only thing we care about is how to get it remedied, you know, and how fast. And, and that's, that's been probably one of our biggest reasons for growth is not dragging people around dicking them around playing games with, you know, whether we're going to warranty it or not, or we're, we're pretty straightforward, you know, on what, what's covered, what's not, you know, even before the transaction happens, the very first one, uh, transparency, I believe is extremely important in, in a business. People don't like surprises. Um, that's a great way to irritate people and have them talk poorly about you. Well, I know that uh, there's a lot of people that are listening that have a truck, need a transmission and there was something cool that you're going to offer you know, people who listen to this podcast. So I wanted to, to have you explain a little bit of it. If, you know, they hear this, they call you guys up, there's a swag pack they can get. So, you know, whether they're getting the baby maker or they're getting the stage two or whatever they might be getting, um, yeah. they just got to say, Hey, I heard, I heard your episode on diesel podcasts and, and then get some gear. Heck yeah. Let us know. And, and uh, we'll make sure and send you with a little swag pack for sure. And as a, as a thank you. And for, uh, for somebody who has specific questions, I might not ask you something about the 68s or the 10 speeds or an E4OD or 48. What's the best way to contact you guys, be able to chat with somebody there at the shop, ask the questions and make the right decision, whether they're ordering, you know, valve body, transmission, whatever it might be. So we have multiple outlets of, of contact. We have some people like using Facebook Messenger to our company page. Um, all, they can always call our phone number too. Um, and they can, they can also, we have a contact form on our website at www.randys-transmissions.com. There's a contact us link there. Um, they can even just request a call back and where we'll get back to them. So some people like talking on the phone to an actual live person. We're pretty available for that. It's pretty easy to get through. Um, and then, but some people don't always want to do the phone and that's where the emails can come in or the contact form off the website or messenger you know, that sort of thing. So we're, we're, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. And that's, that's the other, you know, big thing I can emphasize is um, a successful business should be easy to do business with, right? You shouldn't have to fight for every, for every phone call for every, you know, we're not perfect, but we're always evolving. If we think we can do something better with phone systems, more manpower, more front end guys, whatever the case may be, we're always trying to grow and evolve with that. I've always felt that way. If it's hard for me to give a company my money, how hard is it going to be if I need support or help or something like that? So it's a really, that's <laughs> a really good point. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your time today, Randy, those insights. It was great to catch up with you. Chat's been awesome to watch you guys grow and uh, look forward to what you guys, you know, do in the future with transmission parts and just what you guys do in the, the diesel industry to push it forward. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Patrick. As always, it's always good time with you. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. They got tons of choices for any budget, whether you want something for everyday carry, hunting, fishing, around the house, at work. There's tons of choices. also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Texas Diesel Supply, Wrights Diesel Services, Caleb, Tyler Lowen of 23Diesel, all of our Patreon supporters, those of you that subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, 
Uh, we love hearing from you guys. You guys are, you're the reason that we do this. And it's been a major reason why we're going to four episodes per week because you guys want more content. You want to hear more things about Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke, the EPA, business, all those sorts of things. So we're really excited, really proud to be able to bring you guys more of the content that you want. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.